Hello, hello. We're here with another special episode. Yes, I'm Marcus. And I'm Simon. Together we are the, the Geeky, Geeky Gaze. And this is That's So Gallifrey. Uh, yes, a very special episode all about a celestial toy maker. I mean, with all the filming going on, we couldn't help it, could we? <laughs> so, the Celestial Toymaker is a popular classic character in Doctor Who, though he's only actually appeared on screen once. And sadly, his only story is almost completely gone, with only the final test being the only surviving episode. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So, ooh. Ooh. Sorry, I just wanted to let that, that just air. <laughs> You know, <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, he did almost make another attempt uh, on the Doctor's life in season 23, but it was ultimately scrapped after the BBC forced the show into an 18 month hiatus and derailed the original plans. Uh, and the long, the lost story, sorry, The Nightmare Fair does live on, however, as an audio drama and a novelization. Yeah, and you can listen to The Nightmare Fair as well on streaming services. I think it's normally on like the big ones for free, mm. so you can have a little listen. Yeah, yeah. But who is the toy maker and why are they so popular if they've only officially appeared once? I think you should have said, but who is the toy maker? Hmm? Hmm? And you know what the worst thing is? Hmm? <laughs> anyway, I just needed an excuse. It's it's irresistible, that. Well, they are a celestial being. Mm -hmm. Kind of obvious. Uh, with the name Celestial. <laughs> um, but uh, they were originally intended to be a Time Lord, too, but that idea was scrapped. Uh, instead, he is a being of immense power who traps people in his dangerous games. Uh, and he goes by many names. The Celestial Toymaker. The Toymaker. The Crystal Guardian. And most problematically, the Mandarin. But once lured into his games, his victims would have to play for their lives. However, the toy maker hated losing, so would always make sure it was rigged in his favour. I know. Naughty. Terrible. Terrible. So he lived within his own realm, arguably a, a, a pocket universe called the Celestial Toy Room. And while he was immortal, invulnerable, and able to shift through space and time at will, his powers were limited depending on the game and the rules that he would set. You do. I'm really sorry. I'm trying to keep up, but I just keep getting distracted today. I don't know what's wrong with me. You said pocket universe. I all of a sudden started singing. Natasha Benfield, pocket full of sunshine. But I've got a pocket, got a pocket universe. So I don't know why. Just... I thought you were going to start singing Polly Pocket or something. Oh, no, no, no. Anyway, uh, he could manipulate the rules or even outright forget to mention them to give himself an edge on his players because he's tricksy like that. Wicked tricksy false, mm -hmm. as Gollum would say. That's pretty much. Uh, in these dangerous games, if the player died or lost, then the toy maker would gain control of their life and personality. Uh, often the toy maker would go up against opponents personally in games of cards or dice, and should they lose, then they would become one of his exhibits. Ooh. It's pretty creepy. Ooh. It's often believed as well that the toy maker feared the outer dimensions, and that's why he hid himself away in his toy room. So his powers were likely a result of him being an elder god who made the way into the Doctor's universe from another, much like Zelin in Can You Hear Me? And after all, Zelin does name drop the toy maker in that episode mm. in the nightmare fair uh the doc the sixth doctor claims the toy maker was brought to this universe by a catastrophe uh, by a catastrophe sorry and this explains why laws of physics don't apply to him 
and the toy maker also explains he got bored of endless creation and destruction and found his new entertainment in games. As you do. In the Relative Dimensions comic, the 12th Doctor says that the Toymaker was spawned in the chaos before time. The other accounts claim differently to these origins. Um, In the Celestial Toymaker serial, the first Doctor claims that the Toymaker is from his universe and has only lasted 1,000 years. But then in the story, The Quantum Archangel, the Toymaker was said to be one of the fundamental forces of the universe, like the Black and the White and the Beige Guardians. While they represented many things, good, evil, and all in between, the toy maker was apparently the personification of games and illusions known as the crystal guardian and allegedly was there at the creation of the universe i feel more lost than i did with beep the meep there's there's a this. lot on the toy maker and i don't know why uh anyway according to the story divided loyalties it appears that the doctor had first learned of the toy maker at the uh Pradonian academy Pradonian, yes Pradonian, yeah yeah when I said it, I, you sounded like you said something else in my ear there. Pradonian Academy, where the vague data banks described him as a legend. Some reports said there were multiple toy makers rather than just one. And the Doctor and his friends, uh, Rallin mm-hmm. and Millennia, decided to steal a TARDIS and investigate the legend. When they discovered the toy maker, he was in a dormant and disembodied state, but all of that changed when he decided to possess Rallon and turned Millennia into one of his living toys. Luckily, the Doctor defeated him and was allowed to leave with his life, but the toy maker knew that the Doctor would become an even greater opponent in time. Their rematch would finally come when the first Doctor arrived in the toy room with Steven and Dodo and they played the games not knowing that they were rigged so that when the games end, the toy room will disappear and leave them trapped as the do- as the toy maker's latest playthings. It's like uh, Saw, isn't it? I want to play a game. It's really twisted. I want to play a game. Really, really weird. Uh, anyway, the Doctor outwitted the toy maker and they managed to leave safely, but the toy room was gone and the Doctor believed he had won forever. He was so very, very wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the toy room became old and began to break down, the toy maker feared that its contents would break out into the universe. He trapped the 12th Doctor and Clara Oswald inside, wanting to steal the Doctor's TARDIS in order to keep the toy room contained. Uh, the Doctor allowed him to take the TARDIS, then made his way to the, cons- uh, the console the console room and uh, ejected the toy room. And the toy maker was left with a, con- uh, left with a contained toy room once more. Uh, and uh, something here. This is, this is a quote: "A lonely yeah, god drifting through time and space in his magical, magical toy box." Toy box. Yeah. So I would love to read that comic, but for some reason, in the Twelfth Doctor series, it's not an issue in any of the collected volumes, which oh, is really annoying. That's weird. But later on in the novel, "Divided Loyalties." which takes place further in the Doctor's future after Rallon was possessed. The fifth Doctor received a telepathic distress call from his friend, who had obviously been possessed by the Toymaker, and he travels back to rescue him and get revenge on the villain. But this causes friction among the TARDIS crew, and the Toymaker basically knew that after centuries, Rallon's body was dying, and he plotted to turn the Doctor's friends against him and then absorb him as a new host. Yeah. Pretty scary. Unfortunately for the toy maker, Rallon gained enough control to force himself through several regenerations in a row uh, and push the toy maker out of himself. A projection of Rallon's potential future merged with the toy maker and kept its power under control. The doctor escaped, 
the toy maker decided to visit Earth while waiting for his toy room to repair, uh, which is spurred on by an idea from Tegan as they go to visit. Uh, uh, sorry, spurred. This, ignore that part. Spurred on. This is separately. The Doctor is spurred on by uh, Tegan, with, and they go to Blackpool mm-hmm. for a little holiday. Yeah. So then we get the lost story, the Nightmare Fair. It's 1980s Blackpool, and the sixth Doctor discovers some strange goings on. The toy maker's been trapped on Earth for millennia, and has set up a base of operations in a fair in Blackpool. As you do. I know, and he's using video games to steal souls and use them to generate powerful creatures that he can use to take over the world, and he plans to have this game mass-produced in America, if not literally all over the world. And during their battle... The Doctor teams up with others who have been captured by the toy maker, and they learn that he is a psychic being from a dimension where time moves slower, which gives him his apparent mortality, immortality. Sorry. Uh, together, they create a device that disrupts the toy maker's psychic field, and then the Doctor traps him in a time field, which prevents the villains from being able to control anyone ever again, and it frees those who have been caught in his trap. After this defeat, the toy maker next appeared in the story Games, where he played a game of chess against the one and only Fenric. Um, upon learning he wouldn't win, he decides a stalemate is his best option. I mean, no one's going to win against Fenric. <laughs> but then in the comic Endgame, the toy maker traps the eighth Doctor in a toy room replica of the village of Stockbridge, and it's <laughs> again, is it the eighth Doctor comics are just just weird. Um, it's here that they battle over games for a device called the Imagineum, which affects reality itself. The toy maker has a trick up his ridiculously oversized sleeves and makes the Doctor play the games against a double of himself. Uh, the Doctor is very persuasive and turns his double against the toy maker, and in the confusion, he uses the Imagineum to create a double of the toy maker, which traps him <laughs> in a stalemate. Oh. After the Doctor destroyed the Imagineum and saved the village, he left the toy maker in an everlasting battle against himself. Ooh, it's like purgatory. It is. Then we get to the audio drama, Solitaire, where the toy makers captured the TARDIS along with the Eighth Doctor and his companion, Charlie Pollard. During this encounter, the Doctor is transformed into a puppet and Charlie has to beat the toy maker's riddles alone. It's a really sinister little story, though, where Charlie turns up at the toy shop completely on her own, no recollection who she is, why she's there, what she's doing, but there's creepy dolls that are like, he will make you like us. <laughs> and then the toy maker just rips its voice box out and says it was effective like it's twisted and then obviously she finds one that's the doctor and it says that it's trapped forever which vaguely rings in her memory Mm. Uh, frustrated by the toy maker's riddles uh, charlie tries to leave uh, though every time she does she walks into an identical shop and this is where it gets worse the toy maker sets a rule that from now on every time charlie tries to cheat answers incorrectly, or also at random time intervals, the toy shop will shrink by 10% until there's nothing left and they're all crushed to death. Because to him, losing a body is a minor inconvenience and he can just get another one where he wants. It's pretty twisted. (laughs) Um, Thankfully, Charlie managed to outwit the toy maker through a series of riddles, games and escape room style challenges and eventually loses the game though, where she accidentally destroys the doctor's doll and kills him. Or at least you should have lost. Somehow the game has become sentient and even throws the toy maker off track. So he ends up playing too, though he absolutely refuses to help Charlie. Finally, 
Charlie traps him in the toy room, which shrunk to 0% and temporarily kills him. <laughs> As you do. Uh, still, it gets weirder than this. It still, he vowed to get his revenge when he next met them. And of course, that meeting would not be too far away. Uh, and this time was in the Doctor's past. Yeah. So the solitaire audio drama has David Bailey reprising his role as Toymaker, having first appeared in The Nightmare Fair. And honestly, his performance as the Toymaker is genuinely terrifying. And it's really helped by intervals of creepy, silent, hillesque soundtrack and a really, really well-written script. It's, it's beautiful. It's so good. Uh, in the seventh Doctor's adventure, The Ma- Magic Mouse Trap, the Toymaker returned and trapped seven along... Uh, the Seventh Doctor, along with his companions Ace and Hex, as well as several strangers in a remote sanitarium high in the Swiss Alps. Uh, It's a surreal story, which takes inspiration from the works of classic 20s literature. And it was originally going to be a story about Agatha Christie and her missing days, which was already done in The Unicorn and the Wasp. So it was changed to reflect that. And it's an insane story with a Groundhog Day-style time loop, uh, electroshock therapy, and a plot to defeat the Toymaker, which involved... Wait for it. Let's say this together, Simon. <laughs> eating, eating him. him. Okay, okay. So, so he was just a doll, and they each ate a piece of the doll to absorb the Toymaker's essence between them so that he couldn't be whole. And yeah, 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 it's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> anyway, so let's not give too much more away. It's strange and times really chilling story. And again, like Solitaire, it proves exactly why the Toymaker is a villain that we need to see back on screens. Thankfully, though, it ends with the Toymaker defeated for now, but it also comes at a heavy cost. So, yeah, that brings us up to date. Yeah. With the Toymaker, obviously, very excited. We suspect we'd we be hope. stupid if we're wrong. Uh, everybody would be wrong that Neil Patrick Harris is going to be the toy maker in the, the filming that's been taking place for Doctor Who. And, uh, but yeah, because I mean, he's defeated. He's floating around there somewhere, ready to return and take revenge on the Doctor. Looks like that time might be now. Hopefully. We hope. Anyway, you've been listening to That's So Gallifrey with me, Marcus. And me, Simon. Together we are The, the Geeky, Geeky Gaze. You can find us on social media at That So Gallifrey and The Geeky Gaze. And you can find us on a Sunday at 2pm on Glitterbeam, uh, your LGBTQ plus radio station and the home of music with Sparkle. Here we bring you two hours of geeky goodness with some great music thrown in for good measure. Sundays at 2. We'll speak to you soon with the Aztecs roundup. Mm-hmm.